G'day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another Guitar Wank podcast. I am your host, Troy McCubbin. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, judge and jury, dogs and cats everywhere are enjoying Guitar Wank podcast. We really appreciate you spending the time and uh, chillaxing with us for another spectacular episode of Guitar Wank, which we are up to. Yes. We are continuing this BBS <laughs> episode 99. Oh my God, Troy is still doing this bullshit. Yes, I know. When is the 100th episode? Well, man, it's not just me. <laughs> Here comes the excuses. Well, it's not just me. Scott's out of town. He's painting the ass he is, touring around the world. And um, yeah, it's just been hard to schedule. Uh, as I said before, we're trying to make it special for you listeners. So this waiting is all for your benefit. So just chillax and uh, don't get your panties in a knot and uh, we'll get to it. But right now we're on number O, number O. Oh, shit. Alphabet letter O for oh, shit. We're still continuing with that crap. We may get through the, uh, the whole alphabet. And then we would go on to numerical um, form of identifications. Now, I'm hoping to have it all done by then. So, you know, we will get there. Uh, What have we got for today's show? Well, you know, obviously I've been giving you guys a break. I've actually had emails saying, Troy, where are your intros? I've been missing them terribly. Notice I said I because there was one email that I got where they said, man, we're really missing the intros and your rants, and I'm not going to rant today. Just don't worry. But anyway, so that's cool. A couple of things before we get into this uh, lovely uh, guitar wank session with Norm's still rare guitars. Good on you, Norm. Thanks, mate, for coming by. What a great bloke. Cool stories. And I still cannot believe he didn't buy George Harrison's Gretsch. Oh, my God, I think I slept not very well after hearing that. That's That just sucks, man. Ow, that would have been a good buy. Anyway, uh, so he's got more good stories and we continue on with that hang with Norm on the show. Um, a few things that I want to address. <laughs> uh, Bruce Foreman's post, his video post. Oh, man, he, he did... One of you guys out there went from zero to a hundred on him, which I thought was hilarious. So we will address that and find out exactly what Bruce uh, was doing with that video post. <laughs> I thought it was great. Oh man, like they say, everyone's just so sensitive nowadays. Sensitive little flowers, we all are, aren't we? Um, anyway, so we'll find out for Bruce about all that. And then we had the whole Josh uh, Smith. Josh! <laughs> I thought that was great too. Josh uh, talking about um, he was being interviewed on the pedal show with the guys over there from Gig Rig and all that, Daniel and that. And uh, I guess he mentioned a teaching technique. And anyhow, we talked about it. We did it. We dealt with it. But it was fun. And I was, it brought more attention to Josh and Bruce and whatever. I don't know. It was fun. They're all they're all made up and they're fine now anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, what else we got? Uh, another good friend of mine from Nashville that I've mentioned before, but I want to give him another plug. Jim Lil Music. 
This guy's um touring musician, a working musician, and I don't know how, Jim, you find the time to do all that you do. You're uh, your inspiration, mate. But uh, yeah, check out Jim's stuff. Go to jimlilmusic.com. I believe it is. I'll double check that. Yeah, jimlilmusic.com. He's got a podcast. He's got a book that he wrote. Uh, he's a young, great guitarist. Well, he plays everything. You smart-ass Jim. And um, he's got some really killer learning stuff on his website. The book he's now giving away for free. And he goes through everything in Nashville and what you should be doing and uh, learning the number method out there. And it's just it's a killer website. I've got a lot out of it. And um, he's doing great work. So go give Jim some love. Uh, especially if you love country stuff and getting tones and pedals and gear and all that kind of stuff. He, d- he does great work. Love your work, Jim. So uh, go check him out, jimlilmusic.com. Good bloke. Say g'day from Guitar Wank. Say you're a Guitar Wank listener and uh, he'll look after you. Um, also, we have to, uh, well, we've got to give a, a shout out to our um, promoters, sponsors, whatever you want to call them. Uh, Wire World Pro Audio Cables got some new cables out. So make sure you get over to their website, check out all the new stuff they're doing. They've got new guitar cables coming. They're going to send me some. So um, we will send them out in the prizes as well. They've already sent me a bunch of stuff, but hopefully you will get some new, uh, some of their new guitar cables, which are even better. And uh, they feel better. They do, they're just better. Oh, apparently. Okay. So that's good. Uh, Diodario Guitar Strings, Jimmy Dunlop, Johnny Sir, who I'm going to hopefully catch up soon. He's got one of my um, heads. He's got my old brick head, and he's giving it some love. So I'm going to go see John, and hopefully I'll get a tour of the um, the Sir factory. That'll be cool. Um, caps. Oh, my God. We have hats. Baby. We finally got caps. The caps are in. They look friggin' amazing. This will this will just help you in life in general to move forward and succeed, be uh, a lot more successful, a lot more um, confident within yourself because you will look better. You will be a little bit taller because you will have a hat on. And uh, the logo is just very beautifully done, uh, fully embroidered, embroidery, hat, cap, and uh, comes in a bunch of one colour. Well, black is not a colour, but it's a cool hat. You need one. And uh, so we will be getting them up on the website very shortly. And we're going to actually maybe do some gift packs where you can get a T-shirt, a mug, and a cap for a discounted price. Yep, I thought of that all by myself. So we will make that happen, uh, get that happening. Also, we have a new Danielle and Bruce Foreman show. Remember back a little bit? Danielle D'Andrea. She's got a new website too. Check that out, daniellediandrea.com. Go there, check it out. She's just she's just a badass. I love Danielle. And Bruce are going to be performing in Prohibition Studios, where I am sitting right now on the 6th of April. If you are in town in Los Angeles of that, of that time, get tickets. Contact us. You can contact us at guitarwanker.gmail.com and you can buy tickets. It's an intimate evening. Tickets are going to sell out fast. We do wine and hors d'oeuvres and it's a great hang and to see Danielle and Bruce do their thing. Bruce is going to do the red guitar and then Danielle and Bruce are going to obviously perform. So, uh, bitchin', that'll be really cool. So, if you can 
If you're in town, do that. If you aren't in town, we are actually going to do our first stream of this concert. So you'll be able to watch it online. You're going to be paying like a lot of money and you'll watch it online. I don't know how much. It might be a donation thing. I don't know. We'll work it out. But um, if you feel like talking or donating, I should say, if you feel like donating, go to guitarwank.com and there's a big donation button. Well, it's not that big, but it's there. Click on it and don't donate your life savings to Guitarwank and um, we will be greatly appreciated and we will spend it unwisely. So please do that. Uh, good things will happen to you if you donate to Guitarwank. <laughs> Shit flowing freely today, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but you can donate if you feel up to it, or if you just want to buy a T-shirt, a mug, and a cap, you can go there too. And we'll, with the caps, we'll throw in some coasters because every every household needs a guitar wank coaster and some picks. And I know I have some people, and I think some people that have bought T-shirts, but the wrong, they haven't got the right sizes. Well, hello. Um, but anyway, we'll get them to you. So uh, I know you've put orders in. You're waiting on those T-shirts. I think we have not got them still. So you're going to be still waiting. But email, we'll talk. We'll work it out. Remember the competition? Well, the giveaway, competition giveaway thing we're doing at the start of this year. Three things you have to do. Leave a review on iTunes and Stitcher or and or. If you can't leave a review anywhere, I don't care. Tell tell friends. Subscribe on our website. Go to the website, hit the subscribe button, and uh, you'll know when we have uh, Guitar Wank episodes up. And send us an email at guitarwank at gmail.com. Oh, thank you so much. What's news? What is Elsa's news? I got a new toy. <laughs> Scott's going to hate this. Wait for this, guys. I know next time Scott's in the in the studio, he's just going to rip me a new one because he's just... He told me he's not a fan. I don't know why he's not a fan, but he didn't like uh, what uh, the Oxbox. I got the Universal Oxbox that uh, Universal Audio just released, and I friggin' love it. I love it a lot. It's actually making me want to buy more heads, more amplifiers. So um, I'm thinking the tube amplifier guitar builder world they should be happy because this is um yeah uh, definitely makes me want to plug more amps into it it sounds great i like it and i'm sure i'm gonna get a a big um lecture off scott on why he doesn't like it oh man <laughs> that'll be fun anyway so wait for that and that's it that's all i can think of let's get into it let's get back to norm Get on your norm, rare guitars, and all his stories, and uh, we will see you all soon. Don't forget, email us about Danielle and DeAndreas and Bruce Foreman's show, 6th of April. It's going to be killer. I hope you can make it. Let's come and hang out. Let's hang out and have some beers and watch a killer show. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Uh, be safe out there. It is completely, utterly beyond crazy in the world right now alright, uh, have a be, be safe I'll talk to you guys all next week and uh, gu Guitar Wank community let's uh, support and lift each other up, thanks guys
Now, I, um, Norm, I did, I did post that we were, we were having you on tonight just quickly, and I said if anyone had any questions to, to, to throw them at us. Oh, great. So, Why is Norm such a duck? <laughs> There's is none that, of that, that here. Isn't that there? None no. of that here. Um, we have one from Chris. Chris is a, a long-time listener, a first-time caller. <laughs> uh, he said, um, I've seen lots of great videos of Josh Smith and Bruce and Kirk Franklin and uh, Doyle Bramhall. All yep. at norms. Is there any total badass players who visit on a regular basis, but they haven't been on video, or won't, um, or won't let you video? You yeah. know, most of them because they're my friends do. Right. And you know, it's sort of you know we don't want it to be super slick. We don't want it to be you know. I mean, if there's somebody fucks up and hits a clam, that's okay because it's real. Yeah. You know. I mean, you've not. I know you've never done that. Well, I, I think yeah. I must have. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm kidding. But you know, no, it's real. And you know, there's no Pro Tools. Uh, you know, there's no correcting this, that, or the other thing. And I think people dig that for that reason. And um, and almost all the people are willing to do it. I, I've had very yeah. few people, you know, that, uh, you know, right. say, you know. No, got to have my band, got to have my tone. I mean, Travis Carlton was in the other day, and Travis said, man, I look, you know, I, I, I should have known. I, I said, this isn't a fucking fashion show. <laughs> and besides, hey, it's Travis. It, it's yeah. Travis. It would never, yeah. 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 So, it, was, it, was, yeah. it wasn't so, his best T-shirt. Right. Yeah. Well, we, were doing, yeah, we, were doing, we were doing this video, and I said, yeah. we were all on the Joe Bonamassa Blues Cruise together, because we were. Yeah. And I said, we're the three guys that were hanging out at the buffet all the time. Yeah. So, and that's kind of what it looked like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why we don't do video here. Yeah. <laughs> it well, takes the pressure off. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, I mean... It's always great to be in there, you know. I mean, for me, I get to play such wonderful instruments. That's my my reward, you know. Well, and it's great to hear those wonderful instruments with a wonderful player making them sound the way they should. Right. You know, especially like arch tops and stuff, you know, because it's not, it's something that not everybody knows what to do with those guitars. Right. And when a guy like you comes in and plays them, you understand what they were made for. Right, right. And that's, I mean, kind of, we got off the subject earlier. Like, I'm a little concerned, you know, like, the thing I know about is archtop guitars, of course. And, and you know, it seems to me that the collectability of them is getting more and more, per, you know, like we, we talked about never sell a guitar. But the, it seems to me the collectability of archtops, as, as I see moving into the future, that's a difficult play, unlike a Les Paul, I think, or a Stratter, or even a 335. I just don't see how, like, they're going to, like, be house value or continue to grow. Because so, the kids who are coming up today see so few people playing them. Right. So little of the music they've listened to has those instruments. Of course, they're beautiful and they're historical. They're also the most difficult to make. And you yeah. actually have to be a real luthier right. to so, build so, like, an So, to shop. see the, you know, that... The, the, the curve well, of that do you, you, there's, you, you um, feel we have a, a market for it uh-huh. and um, we sell quite a few of them but you know the truth of the matter is the Les Pauls and the Strats and the 335s and all that that's what people see I mean when you were first starting and you saw who knows who playing something right. that meant something to you right. but you know if you don't see guys playing some of these things it is you don't even know that it exists or right. what it's there for or whatever right. I mean, exactly you know i mean it's like yeah. you know, i mean but there's you know there's kind of you know a market for everything including gypsy jazz guitars right. sure. and stuff there's whole 
Django shows oh, oh, yeah, and stuff totally, where people totally. are totally into that. So there's, you know, there's segments of the population that get it and there's ones that don't. And I think it's like everything else. You know, certain things kind of soften up for a while and then they come back really strong when somebody who does get it is playing one and then some oh, no, of these people big, see it yeah. and they go, wow, that's cool. You know, what was that guy using? Yeah. So, Is, is there one guitar that you seem to just sell all the time over everything else? Is it one that stands we, out or not? You know, we sell kind of a, a good balance. I mean, you know, there's a lot of obviously Les Balls, 335, Stratocasters, Telecasters, a lot of flat tops we sell all the time. We have a lot of Gibson and Martin flat tops and some boutique uh, flat tops that are really cool, you know, like uh, Don Musser, Collings, um, uh, Kevin Ryan, you know, things like that, that are really beautifully made. There's also kind of a renaissance of builders right now that are building some really nice guitars. I mean, they're not aged wood like there once was, you know. It, you know, prior to the Beatles, uh, the amount of guitars that were being sold was quite low so um, people the companies were able to buy select wood that was like old wood that was you know dry aged over a long time now they're doing this artificial aging stuff and some of it's hocus pocus and some of it's actual bullshit yeah, I they're think, toasting you know, so, and roasting yeah I don't know all about know, that you yeah, know, so, yeah, yeah. and they're using like you know instead of rosewood for, for the fingerboards they're using this I forgot what it is it's kind of a compound uh, fret light or something I forgot what they call it Whoa. but it's like a powder that they kind of turn into a fingerboard and you know I mean it's like these Whoa. woods are not in supply and right. you know it's like Brazilian rosewood is in very short supply um, and a lot of the woods um, um, you know, there's a, there was this thing called the Sides Treaty, and that was affecting. They're trying to stop the rainforest from right, cutting the trees right. down, and that makes sense. But it shouldn't really apply to old instruments. But there's right, been, and, and it doesn't. It doesn't. And it's, yeah, and it's, crosshairs. And, and you get and you get people who who are un, unaware of really what's happening, and you know, you deal with a, a bureaucrat that's stupid. Right, and, but you, you know. can't let wood age for fifty or a hundred years. I mean, a lot of the guitars that were made in the thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, the wood was already really old before it became an instrument right you know now they got to cut down these trees because they got to keep making they're guitars. making green wood so instruments right so yeah. they're you know they can't be as kind of finicky about the quality of the woods as they once were because they got to kind of you know did gibson getting in trouble with the thing? Oh, yeah. gibson the is in yeah. real trouble ones, right, right now in well, a lot, on of, a lot of levels but the may be going down yeah. from what i understand i yeah. mean they're in such massive debt um and you know a lot of that is um, and this is my opinion, and I don't, I'm not, you know, downing every, anybody, and, you know, they're probably a lot smarter than I am, but, you know, a lot of the CEOs and presidents of these companies are taking very big salaries, and whether the company is doing well or not. I mean, I think everything should be performance-based. I mean, if you've got an athlete that's playing baseball or football or basketball, those guys should be paid based on their output. Well, yeah. Instead of, you know, if you make somebody too comfortable and they're taking a huge salary, they don't care if the company is making money or not. If they're yeah. walking away for $5, 10000000 a year, 
there's no real reason for them to, you know, to care as much. Well, well. I mean, they should, just from moral. If they have integrity, they do. Yeah, but, you know, unfortunately, you know, corporate America, everything is, um, a lot of these companies want to go public. And in order to go public, they have to do so many billions of dollars of business every year, gross. Now, that doesn't mean they're making billions of dollars. They have to gross $2 billion. So if they're grossing $2 billion and they're losing $500 million, that's interesting on the stock market because people can... um, you know, it's 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 big enough to where people buy shares into the right. company. So the stockholders are holding the bad paper on all this and all that. The the presidents of the companies are walking away with loads of dough. And you know, if you tell them they're an idiot, you know, they can say, "Well, I just walked away with fifty yeah. million dollars. How stupid am I?" You know. Yeah, so right. I'm here, you know, uh, as a small businessman working. You know, my pro- my company's profitable. It's not like what those guys are. But you're are. there every day, too. I am. I mean. And I love what I do. And right. my name is on the store. And I'm very concerned with the image of the store and how we're, you know, how we're doing and all that. You know, and I'm not looking to kind of bury the company so I can run away with a bunch of money. Right. And that's sort of the thing. I mean, companies like Neiman Marcus are in debt. You know, like, I don't know, somebody told me like $5 billion. I don't know what the deal is. But they keep borrowing money. And... They with a promise to to pay it back, but in the meantime, that borrowed money is paying these high salaries to guys that aren't making the companies profitable. If they said, "Listen, we're going to hold back all these salaries, and once we're profitable, you're entitled to what you get. But if we're not, sorry, I mean, you know, your job, right? And and I just think that's the way it should be. It should be based on performance. that whole world is a mess. Yeah, feel the CEO. Yeah, but back to Gibson. I mean, let's face it. that company is always ranked as one of the least favorable companies to work for in America, you know, in like Forbes. You know, well, there was it, just it, a it, thing it, where they rated them something like triple C minus or right, something. Right. <laughs> and Guitar Center was rated the same thing. Right. And, you know, and it's just because of this mismanagement and yeah. stuff getting too big for the riches. Not everybody in the world needs to be a guitar player. It's sort of, it should be a select thing that's right. kind of a small and, deal. And they have tried to go with the concept that everybody needs to play and everybody needs multiple guitars. And even a Fender Squire. Um, could be made to play pretty well. I mean, there was a guy named Jack Pearson who was on um, the last Joe Bonamassa Blues Cruise. And I was coming uh, off of seeing some other act, and I was really tired, and I just wanted to hit the bed in, in the stateroom. And I'm walking by, and I went, who the fuck is this guy? The guy sounded tremendous, and his singing was great, and his guitar playing was killer. And, uh, you know, some guy standing next to me says, see what he's playing over there? I went, yeah, he's playing a Strat. You know, I was kind of standing far away. He goes, that's a Squire. <laughs> and the guy was making it sound great. I don't know what pickups he put in, in there or whatever. But, you know, it's 95% in the hands. And then yeah, you need good tools. Of course you know. it is. Of course it is. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. What? Really? I mean, it, you know. <laughs> Now, all this gear well, I bought's not going to help. It helps. It's going to help. It, it doesn't. But, you know, I mean, no, but no, if you, no, if you, if you if play you, the wrong you, notes, if you don't got it. If you, if you don't play got the it, wrong notes and, and you don't, you know, and you don't 
fret cleanly and you, you don't put uh, anything you know, into it and you don't hear nothing when you're playing and, and you, if you're going to egypt playing like the egyptian scale you yeah. know over you know some blues <laughs> tune or something you know i don't care what guitar you have you know? exactly exactly um i've got another question here from matt he said uh norm so if i walk in off the street would i be able to play any guitars or or would you tell me to rack off no, we actually encourage people to play guitars at the store. You know, we would like them to be careful, of course, but we're not, you know, uh, of course, you know, if somebody's mishandling something or if they're being rude, you know, while, you know, we don't have like soundproof rooms. So, I mean, you know, we want people to kind of, you know, if you hear somebody playing an acoustic across the way, you don't bury them with some metal thing or whatever, you know. But as long as everybody's being cool, we're yeah. happy to let people play. You know, we have to be careful with some of the most valuable instruments that they don't get broken. I had a kid one time knock over a three-pickup Les Paul Custom and broke the neck off of oh. it. That's a big dollar guitar. So, <laughs> we're you know, we're, we kind of keep a good eye on it, but we want people, I mean, how do you know if you like something if you don't get a chance to play, play it? Yeah. So we're not cool. that way in the store. That's but. really cool. Frank's got a question. Most overvalued, overhyped guitar trends in the guitar market, of, uh, guitar market that you think? You know, it's, you know, I'm not saying this to be a salesperson, but I just would say this. Um, when you look at the most expensive painting in the world, or if you look at, say, the 200th most expensive painting in the world, that might be a couple hundred million dollars. I think guitars are still massively undervalued when you consider what is the most expensive baseball card yeah. what's the expense most expensive coin these and, and this is functional art where um, you know you get to do something with it where um, you know like when you look at a stamp I mean how long can you look at a stamp that's worth how many you times know, a million you dollars <laughs> you know right well you won't you won't be licking a million dollar stamp you know so, but Remember uh, when we used to lick stamps? Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, those are probably valuable stamps. I don't remember yeah, when we used to man, what if they, those have are still Indian left. head nickels yeah, and whatever, yeah. you know. But, Clear but what light. I'm saying is, is that, you know, there's a lot of stuff that, you know, temporarily may be overvalued. But, you know, and there's a lot of stuff that are temporarily undervalued. So, but I still think that it's a collectible where if you had $10 million, you could have probably one of the 20 or 50 best guitar collections in the world. Damn. For $20 million, you couldn't even make a dent in the art market with any kind of, not even one important painting yeah, yeah. or sculptor or anything like that would be in that price range. So I think, and I'm not saying this because I want people to buy the guitars and whatever. I mean, you know, obviously I, I like people buying the guitars and I like, to, you know, the art that I deal in to be recognized. But I think it's massively undervalued in comparison yeah. to a lot of other stuff. Were you one of those, you probably were, but one of those smart guys, remember when strats you nobody's ever accused away. me of that oh <laughs> you couldn't even give strats away it was yeah. always it was everything else but strats were just like ah it's a strat it's an old strat and people yeah. were giving them away were you buying them up i was buying them up you know but cautiously i mean yeah. you know the thing is is that you know when when you're 
buying things, you know, you don't want to be the stupidest guy on the block, you know, and, you know, making bad investments. So, you know, I would say with caution, and I was trying to buy the best ones I could yeah. and that kind of thing. So, I mean, it's a lot of times if you're buying really great examples of things, there's other people that have a lot of money that want the best of the best. If you're going to buy something that's collectible and it's ragged and everything's been changed and, you know, and all that kind of stuff, you're not going to, you know, you're not buying the Van Gogh or the Rembrandt no, or whatever. You're buying something you know. that's going to have good resale you're, Yeah, value. you're buying yeah. like, you know, I call it bottom feeding. You know, the really nice stuff. I really believe down the road will have value, and you know it's uh, and and the the one thing that I tell anybody is don't buy a guitar because you think it's going to be more valuable. Buy a guitar because you like it, because if you get to play it and enjoy it, you know that's one collectible that you can't do that with a stamp or a coin or a painting or whatever. All you can do is stare at it for a while and then walk away. But with a guitar, it makes a sound, it makes music, it has its own tone. You know, so if you love it, chances are very good somebody else is going to see the same beauty in it that you do. Yeah. And if you, uh, you know, if you're buying it strictly because your buddy told you to. I think that's the long reason. Right, buy right. I mean, it, you know, if you're, it's difference between investing and just buying a play. Anything you spend on an instrument, if it makes you want to play and it makes you happy, you've, it's worth it. Yeah, I've always, right. I mean, I've always told all of my friends, you know, God, this thing costs this much. I said, man, do you love that thing? Well, you know, you're gonna, it's worth it. You know, and it will probably be worth more later. But even if it's not, it's worth it to you now because it's... Does it make you open right. the case more and pick it up right. and want to play it? You, or is it something that you kind of have to wait for your buddy to come over and go, hey, look what I got. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. Is so, it the celebrity, I imagine the celebrity factor of players, you know, high-profile players playing that type of guitar, that's a big... Big thing. Well, we deal a lot in memorabilia, which is a whole other thing, which is celebrity-owned instruments. Mm. And we generally try to get them directly from the celebrity so that there's no question as to their authenticity and that they were owned by that person. And that's sort of, you know, you need a few people that happen to love that artist and want a piece of the history of that right, artist. Right. That's a whole other market completely other than just the straight vintage stuff. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's, the, you know, you're going in a little bit different direction with that. And, you know, everything is desire. Well, I mean, why does somebody want one painting in a museum and why is that painting worth so much more than this other painting that looks like it's even more well done. I mean, you know, when you look at the Mona Lisa, you know, there's some people that might say, well, you know what, I've seen paintings that are way more impressive than that, because I've seen the Mona Lisa and I've seen a lot of other paintings and went, wow, I mean, you know, I, 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 it's really cool, but, right. you know, I don't yeah. see that. So yeah. it's all personal, yeah. you know, taste and all that. And what the market will bear. Yeah. yeah. You said we're editing here, or we can edit, yeah. Is there a restroom? I gotta take a leak. Oh yeah, no. for sure. Oh uh, wait, wow. We, this is the big news. Norm <laughs> actually, Norm actually takes leaks. Yeah, Whoa. He takes a lot of leaks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. right, right there, mate. And you push the button. There's two buttons. You push them. I think you push them both. They're push yeah. buttons. It's old school. The three things when you're an old guy. <laughs> yeah. No, three things you need: never pass a pisser. <laughs> never trust a fart. <laughs> Did you find it? Uh, I think I found it. Oh, 
Oh, oh there it is. There we go. And then, awesome. <laughs> well, so Bruce, what have you been up to? Oh, none of your business. <laughs> you, had, you had gigs on the weekend. I had gigs on the weekend, didn't I? Right? Yeah, yeah, of course oh, I did. What day is it? Oh, yeah, yeah you of course the weekend, did. yeah. I don't, remember, I don't remember what they were, but I did have You were in gigs. Seattle? I was in Seattle. Duh, yeah. Yeah. I played the Demiro Jazz Festival. Demiro? Demiro. D-I, capital M-I-E-R-O. It's a basically a vocal jazz thing, and I'm in the... I've done it for about five years. I'm in the all-star rhythm section. We back up a lot of different singers. This year, we had this woman named Renee Marie. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Wow. Just... So great on so many levels. Yep. There was also Dee Daniels, who's just brilliant, but she's she's been the artistic director for years, so she's been there every year. Um, a woman named Greta Matassa was there. Kate Reed was there. And a woman named Sarah Gazarik, who's a great young singer, who's actually taking over as artistic director next year, was there. And so me and a guy named Josh Nelson, piano, Paul Baudry on bass, and... Cook Broadnax, Broadnax on drums. Yeah, and so we just uh, we just backed up singers, and then of course we played. And I, uh, I there was an after party, and so I actually got up and emceed and sang and did comedy. And oh, that's cool! Showed him what a guitar player who can't sing can do. <laughs> I love that you get up and sing at a vocalist event. I, I think that's so badass. And it takes and it steel would, balls, man. And it would just go over so well because it's just so real and funny. Well, you know, they liked it all and they yep. all wanted to sit in with me. That's you know, fantastic. So. Now, was there any great jazz guys 
any great jazz guys. Like singers, jazz. There, there singers? were no guys this year, but there are numerous oh, great jazz singers. Yes, yeah. in the past, it was dedicated to a singer who passed away this year named Kevin Mahogany, mm -hmm. who was just a brilliant jazz singer. Yeah, we lost him too early. But there's numerous great jazz singers. Yeah, yeah. A male of the male persuasion. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, we won't go in this direction, but I happen to think this is fabulous. <laughs> well, what is it? The guitar? Donald Trump toilet. Oh, oh, Donald, oh. I, have, I got that for a Christmas gift, and I thought it was great. I don't know where you got it, but uh, my wife <laughs> <laughs> love this. Okay. He's <laughs> taking it home. He's taking home Donald Trump dunny paper. We're not huge fans, let's just say. I'm I don't know if anyone is anymore. He's going to put a tariff on guitars, don't worry. Yeah, right? Fucking hell. Please yeah. don't put that in. Uh, it's, I know, think it's crazy enough that, you know, uh, there was, there was well, we lost your microphone, yeah. didn't we? It's on the, is it on the chest next door? Follow, follow that wire. Is this the wire? You no, know, the, the, after the, okay, after the end of the blue, you'll get to the thin black and follow that. There you go. The other, oh. other way. There it is. A little bugger. There was a guy walking around on the cruise ship. Please don't put this in. Oh, well, but then you better not say it. Well, no, just okay. say it. Okay. And he, he had, like, uh, uh, Make America Great Again. <laughs> you know, and he kept trying to engage people, you know, and people are going, you know what the fuck, I'm here to hear music. I don't right. even want to talk about this shit. You know, right. it's bad enough we got to hear it every day on the news. Well, that's exactly <laughs> you know, the, the guitar wing philosophy. But the guy was just like, you know, he just wanted to engage people to get into an argument, right. <laughs> you know, and these friends of mine were on the cruise that I introduced him to this guy, James Hunter, who's like a favorite of mine. And so, and they're from Canada and they go, I don't give a shit about, you know, it was like the guy kept trying to talk yeah. to them about, yeah. you know, politics and they're going, I'm here to hear music, man. Will you leave me the yeah. fuck alone? Yeah. You know, and this guy was like, you know, he couldn't find enough people to get into it. Right. He well, was on the wrong cruise. Well, that'll, <laughs> that'll piss people off. You want to get in a fight, no one will fight with you. You know, that's I really, know. that's really Might hard. Have to swim home and find <laughs> That's somewhere. hard. That's really hard. You know, he needs to get married. Yeah. Make <laughs> there you go. You want to fight? I've married, I'll be married 50 years next year. Wow, but see, I don't man, fight that's anymore. That's fantastic. Uh, you just, yeah. I've just given up. I mean, yeah. you know, it's like. That's really piss her off. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's actually the worse. Way. Yeah, it it's is. actually worse. But, but I haven't won an argument in 50 years. And, you know, I mean, it's like, you can't really make sense, you know, at least my kind of sense with her. So I just basically. Um, it's cheaper to keep her, yeah. and Ooh. I'm too weak to fight. Oh, like I, hope she, I hope she doesn't here. listen to this. Uh, oh, I know. No, I, 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 listen, I say it all the time. Okay. You know, I'm in the doghouse so much. I wake up in the morning and I apologize before I get out of <laughs> yeah, bed. Yeah, right, right. You know, so I just want to. So you know, is that is that are these the norms tips for a long lasting marriage? Yeah. Yes. Here, here's <laughs> right. what you do. You. Um, Wake up in the morning, look over at your wife and say, I'm terribly I'm so, sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. And when she goes, for what? Go, I'm not sure yet, but I guarantee you by 12 o'clock, yeah. you'll have about yeah. five reasons for me yeah. to apologize. Well, I just, you know, like I married Miss Wright. I really did. Yeah. I just didn't know her first name was always. <laughs> right. Well, how long have you been in? Uh, uh, this, this sentence has been uh, 18 years. Yeah, it was 18 me, it's, years. Yeah, it's a life it just turned somewhere. 18. Yeah. yeah, my first one was was 10, but 15 with the wind chill. <laughs> <laughs>
Now, this is guy talk. I don't imagine there's a lot of girls is, listening to no, this No, we're crap. sending this to the Me Too campaign. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, it's, that's, a, that's a whole never. Yeah. I haven't got married yet, so I'm, I'm with my missus. We just haven't bothered to do that. Was yeah. just, you know, well, it could uh, it could turn know. everything around for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it could just get the shit. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's Listen, right. uh, are you planning on having kids? That's the no. We've already got them. He's already oh, got. Well, kids. there you go. We've well, already got. Like, when you when you get married, let me know if you need a band. <laughs> 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 right. I give you. Guys I, I give it. I give it like a a, uh, a discount. Friend. If I play the wedding, I give a discount on the divorce party. <laughs> Yeah, she's been married before, so she's like, ah, well, you know, whatever. But, well, she said that five, six years ago, so... It you, might might, be, you, might, she, you might be different now, but, yeah, you know... I might be... Might be you'll be the to last to up. find out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kind of, that's the way it goes, isn't it? <laughs> that's so true. Why is that? Oh, man. Oh, man, I'm going to get in trouble on this one. Well, it's okay. Now, how, you many, know what? how many stories have you got, Norm, of guys coming in, throwing down... And then coming back on, the missus has cracked the shits. And oh, yeah. No, oh, yeah. There's, there's, but you must have also seen the opposite, where the missus is so pissed off at the guy that she took his guitars and she's selling them, right? You've seen well, that Well, we try to make sure that we know who we're getting them from so that we don't have the guy coming back on. What the hell do you do well, that? You no, know, but I mean, sometimes you never, the guy doesn't even know where he took them. I'll, I'll tell you crazy. But that's true. I know, because I know guys whose oh, girlfriends yeah. and wives who have taken their guitars and sold them. Oh, that's evil. Well, uh, I'll tell you two things. Uh, one was, I used to play in a band with this guy, Ron Blair, who was a bass player for the Heartbreakers, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, oh, before he was in the Heartbreakers. And uh, his sister uh, lived with Greg Amon. And uh, apparently they had a pretty big fight. And Greg came in, and his one of his gold albums is playing on the turntable, and it's like Vic the Moan. It's not even him, because, I mean, you know, they would just, for a gold record, they'd put your label right. on whatever, you know, so it was something else. And his Martin D28 herringbone was in the fireplace, oh. and the only thing that was salvageable was a neck, and my buddy Ron has a neck still. So, I mean, you know, some women are, you know, you don't want to fight with him, you know, so... But I, I was going to tell you, you know, and this is an L.A. thing here, you know, but do you remember when they had those Ponzi scheme things, you know, where there was like, a, I forgot what you would call it, where, um, you know, they would get 16 people to buy. It was a pyramid scheme. Pyramid basically. scheme, sure, yeah. So I was the only person I knew in L.A. that really made a killing off the pyramids. Because people were coming into me and saying, you know, I'm going to sell this guitar. I don't really give a shit what you give me for it because I'm going to make 16 times my money in this pyramid scheme. Oh, wow. You know, okay. and they were really doing this. I mean, they were <laughs> oh, like. So they were dumping stuff just to get cash. Yeah, I mean, they would take 50 cents on a dollar figure and they're going to get 16 times their money back. Right, and it was like, right, yeah. you know, I mean. You know, right. people are so gullible, and I watch a show on TV called American Greed. It's on mm. MSNBC. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever I seen the show. Kind of but what it is, is basically all these scams, and it's pyramid things, and people believing that they're going to, you know... Score. A score, and then somebody, you know, stumbling into doing something, and then turning it into this massive burn where people get burned and they were there was this one story where it was like these guys had uh this insurance company and they were building they were billing 
all these insurance companies, uh, it, uh, it was a company that they were billing all these insurance companies for, they would get the names of people that were dead. And they would send it in saying they were having some type of a surgery or something like that. And they would collect the money on people that were dead. They would get their Social Security and whatever, yeah. information, whatever. <clears throat> and then they were so greedy and so fucking stupid, they they got away with it once or twice. So then they started sending the same guy that's dead, was having <laughs> like six operations this next yeah. week, you know. Yeah. And they just kept doing it until they finally got caught. But, I mean, just the balls of some of these people to do some of the stuff that they do, you know. But the show is a terrific show because, I mean, and there was a, there was one guy who was actually, uh, at one moment, uh, he came in the guitar market and became a guitar collector. I don't want to mention his name, but it was like... Um, you know, when somebody in a very short time buys like eight Sunburst Les Pauls for whatever the amount of money is, that gets a lot of people talking. They go, hey, you know this guy, uh, whatever his name is, this guy's buying Sunburst Les Pauls like crazy. And before you know it, everybody knows. And I'm watching American Greed, and all of a sudden they're talking about this one scam, and they mention this guy's name, and I almost fell out of oh, my man. seat. You know, that apparently that's where he was getting the money was some kind of scam that they were doing. Oh. And this guy was like buying guitars with, you know, yeah. whatever money, you know. So when they wow. mentioned the guy's name, I just was a shock. Well, you know, see, I don't have to worry about that. I just play jazz gigs and make no money. Well, there you go. <laughs> you know, money is a curse. You really, you know, if yeah, you ever make a lot of it, give me it because I wouldn't oh, want to ruin your yeah, life. Yeah, right. So I don't have a curse. <laughs> Thanks. Jeez, Norm, man, I really... I God, believe a lot of I, people have a lot of hands. You know, God, that's so helpful. <laughs> Wow. So selfless. I'm selfless. <laughs> now, you, you must have stories where guys have um, gone to crazy lengths to buy certain guitars at your store. Do you have anything that stands oh, yeah. out where it's like... Well, there's an L5 I have in my store right now that Josh is... Oh, I know. I mean, salivating I can, can over. I show you the e emails? Yeah, the he was sending you to the... Oh, no, yeah, that's... Yeah, I think I was the Joe, first guy. Trying to get Joe, no, to. I think Joe was the first guy. Oh. I was trying to get Joe to buy it so he could use it, you know. So. Oh, yeah, because he was all over me. He just I don't think he wanted me to buy it. He just wanted me to tell him it was okay to go ahead and spend that kind of money on it. Oh, I mean, I thought if he was trying to contact you, you to could, give him the money, maybe I underestimated you. Maybe I should be trying to sell you some more shit. You know, <laughs> the one thing I love about Norms, I mean, granted, he wants, always wants me to play and he videos it. That's great. But when I walk in there, the salesmen, I am invisible to them. They just know right away I'm not going to probably spend nah. any money. They, they, I don't know how, they, of course, all the years they work there, they know. But oh, this guy walks in, yeah, he's a player, but... Don't don't waste your time. Nah, He'll you know, find you know, it by himself if he wants it. We don't need to help the, this. The truth know. of the matter is you don't really get a lot of hard sells at my yeah. store. I yeah. figure, you know, if somebody wants something, they want it. And, yeah. you know, me telling them, yeah, you should buy this, yeah. that's not going to make a hell of a lot of difference. No, no, no. I mean, anybody would listen to me. And have but I'd be invisible in your you store know? anyways because, you know, I just... I got more guitars than I need already. I'm just a player. I'm not a collector. Listen, and, and nobody nobody appreciates them more than me. You know, you see me in there. I love every one of them, and I think they're all great, but 
I don't have that well, desire to Well, how many guitars do you really need? You know how many guitars you need? One. One the more. The one I'm playing. No, one, one more. more. <laughs> yeah. Come on. One more. <laughs> I'm really kind of not that way. I know it's crazy. I mean, I, I go in there. I can name two or three guitars in your store right now that I'd love to have. But I wouldn't really be playing them, and they'd be sitting in my closet somewhere, you know what I mean? They should be being played by somebody else. Well, they should, but would it put a smile on your face if you were looking in your closet and they were in there? Not really, not really. No? No, good. It puts puts more of a smile on my face when they're in your store. Oh, well, thank you very much. (laughs) No, it doesn't do you much good, but then somebody who'll come in will buy it, you know what I mean? me, you got to just want the stuff. That's that's kind of the bottom line is that, you know, if you want it bad enough, I mean, you know, there's things in life. I figure it out. I'd figure it out if I if anything was in there I had to have you know I'd figure it yeah. out. You know, yeah. but there's if I had to break in right now while we have you here. <laughs> there you go. Well, you got me. Said it Maybe right somebody's over, over there yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. It's this is a decoy this. that he's. By the way, by the time you hear this, folks, Norm is probably back in the store. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you deal with a lot more collectors or players? We have or it's more players, right. but we do have collectors. And, you know, I don't know anybody who's a collector who doesn't play. I mean, you know, do they play at the level of Bruce Foreman? It's highly doubtful. I hope, I hope not for their sake. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, they're, it it's highly do doubtful. That. It doesn't make you happy. I'm telling you that much right now. Well, all I know gun, is... That and a gun will get you anything, Norman. Yeah. Well, all I can tell you is, is sometimes I go in and see some of the greatest players and they're playing to a half house. And it really breaks my heart, you know, to see that, you know, these are people that have studied the instrument, that have given their life to it and all that. You know, one time I went to see Robin Ford at the Catalina Bar and Grill, and it was like a Saturday night, and I'm going, there should be people like six blocks from here trying to get in to see Robin Ford play. And it was, you know, maybe a two-thirds full house. I mean, it was, you know, I just kind of, you know, there's no standard of excellence. I think... The more intelligent your playing gets, the more limited your market gets. You really got to dumb it down more, Bruce. I mean, well, no, no, <laughs> Norm. I play jazz because I hate crowds. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the spirit. <laughs> so it is intentional. Uh, is there a, is there a guitar on Norm's list that? You're always looking for, like, oh, man, if I come across this baby. You, you know, know, I've had so much stuff and so many guitars. And, you know, I I love them, and, you know, I, I go after them. And there's, there's a few things like a modern where nobody's actually, we know that they made them, but nobody's actually seen the guitar. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, we know it exists, but how many they made and where they are, who knows. And there's still probably some stuff tucked away in some closets someplace that yeah. people aren't aware of but um you know a lot of it the stuff is in circulation and i've had almost everything that you could possibly have and because i'm a store and i have to kind of separate myself from you got a capital you know you yeah. got to move cash flow man. right and there were times where you know i mean i had i was very guitar wealthy and no money because i would just constantly be buying and i still at my age i should really be thinning things out more and i still find myself buying like crazy because it excites me when i buy it's a drug stuff. right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and so th- so there isn't the one that you sold that you wish you had right now. Oh, there's t- a whole oh, no, bunch I know, of them. No, but I mean, that's what I mean. There isn't the one. You, if I said like, okay, Norm, you get one back right now. Um, Only one. 
I mean, you can't answer that. Uh, it'd be it'd be hard to answer because yeah. it's like, how many times could I prove that I'm stupid? Well, I mean, you know, I've done this well, so but, many but times that only, I'm delirious at this money. point. It's not only money that makes it no, that. You but, know? but, you know, I've sold stuff and then I, I've kind of gone, you know, listen, I mean, I'm not a professional player. And the way I play, I'm not worthy of a lot of this stuff. And if somebody really wants something, I'm sort of the purveyor to, you know, to, you know, Put them in people's hands. I mean, they all should be played. And and there's you know those guys that go, wow, you know, you got a bunch of stuff, and people should be playing it. There's a lot of stuff that I preserved that if everybody was playing everything from the time I started, you know, collecting and buying and selling guitars, nothing would be in good condition. I mean, you know, because especially when they were not that valuable, people didn't take care of them. Yeah. When they have yeah. to sweat and earn it and save and all that for something, they tend to be a lot more careful with the guitars back, you know, That's when, a uh, good point. when, you know, some of these guitars are two or three hundred dollars. It was, right. you know, it wasn't really that big of a yeah, thing. It's, people it's just said, oh, I could buy another one, you know, what the hell, you know, so. Yeah, that's true. I guess you have a lot of celebrity people come in. We got a, we got a lot of them. And we got a lot of young players who aren't celebrities who, who will uh, be. could be. And, I, and, yep. and we get a lot of players who are like really good that should be well known and should be celebrities. And generally, if I like their playing, that's pretty much a curse, you know. So yeah. I mean, because you know, if I like them. They're probably playing over people's head, you know. I mean, it's like the more you dumb it down, the more of a big audience you can have, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really, it, you know, sort of the middle of the road and stuff, you know, seems to. Yeah. You, you mentioned Tom Petty. You obviously a friend of Tom. I was very good friends with yeah. Tom, you know. So. Um, man, I just, I'm such a fan of Tom's, all these albums, but their tones. Yeah. Always he some loved of the best guitars, guitar and he knew how to choose the right guitars. And yeah. Mike Campbell is one of the all-time greatest yeah, guitar players. And you know, I liken him to George Harrison, yeah. who played when, when you know some tunes like you hear a guitar solo and it's a great solo but it's almost not part of the tune but when you heard the Beatles tunes and you hear the guitar solos on some of the tunes every note is as important to the tune as the lead vocal was and the words and the you know the, the regular melody yeah. and then there's other guys who can blaze through this stuff but it sort of doesn't mean anything with the tune Tom was about songwriting Tom was about getting the right tone um, 
And, you know, the more I listened to Tom, the better and better I think he was as a singer because he was very stylized. At first, I thought he was, the first time I heard him, I thought he was almost like imitating Bob Dylan a bit, you know, yeah. in the tone of the voice and yeah. all that, yeah. you know. And the more I listened to him, the guy could really sing and he was a stylized singer. I mean, you know, where, you know, you knew it was Tom as soon as you heard it. And, uh, you know, and the stuff with the 12 string and that jangly yeah. Yeah. guitar sound and all that, he brought a lot of that back to the forefront yeah big and, time uh, you know he was uh, he and, and he was a really good guy I mean you know a lot of people thought he was kind of a little bit aloof he was he was kind of shy when he wasn't you know performing you yeah, know you see yeah. these guys and they're on stage and they're dynamic and you think they're walking around with this bravado and Tom was more like you know kind of a recluse and kind of just you know sort of almost wanted to go unnoticed in a lot of ways and yeah, yeah. a lot of these guys are sort of like that you know there's the stage personality and Joe is you know completely like that I mean what you see on stage is like a complete dynamo and then you know when you talk to him he's like the most regular guy and yeah, you know yeah. so Mike Campbell just Campbell's very quiet. Too. He's a great, great player, and he has another band that they're uh, that he plays with now. That's oh, his local band called the Dirty Knobs. Oh, okay. And it's uh, my friend Jason Sine, and his rhythm section is great. And they're really a fun guitar band. They're yeah. really a good band. Do they play they're around, or they they tour? do play around? Oh, and they do. and it was sort of a conflict of interest when. Tom was alive, you know, the Dirty Knobs were basically a band that just kept Mike playing because he, he was like a journeyman. He wanted to play all the time. So when they were off the road, he didn't want to just sit around or, you know, he wanted to be yeah. playing. Yeah. So the band would play. But now that Tom has passed, uh, their manager, Tony Dimitriotis, is now taking over the Dirty Knobs. And I know they're going to be doing a tour in a record and they're a really f fun band and and you know mike you know because he and tom were around each other so long mike actually sings a lot like yeah. tom you know yeah. not to be a copy but i mean they grew up together and what it is or what it is what yeah. it is and tom actually did uh, several gigs for me for this homeless charity that I'm involved with called the Midnight Mission, and Tom did them all with his band Mud Crutch, which was his <laughs> first band, oh, okay, which was yeah, Mike Campbell, Ben Montaigne, <clears throat> and uh, two other guys, Tom Ledden and um, Randall Marsh. And Tom Ledden was the brother of Bernie Ledden, who was the ex Eagles uh, guitar player. Yeah, that, yeah. You know, um, so, and these guys were all in Gainesville and they lived in a place called Mud Crutch Farm or something. And that's where they got the name of the band. And they came out here as that band. And then I guess things didn't work out that well. And some of the guys moved back and that's when the Heartbreakers started. formed. Damn. But I watched the whole Tom Petty thing and just like... It's great. A lot of that early footage my so friend cool. Ron Blair shot, yeah. you know, with a whatever camera, 8 yeah. millimeter or whatever he had, you know. <clears throat> you have a lot of amps? I have quite a few amps yeah. as well, too. So Mo mostly old Fender amps and just Fender amps in general. Some new Fenders. You know, there are, there are a few Fenders that they're making these days. Um, there's one like a 410 DeVille or a Hot Rod DeVille. Mm. Those amps are fantastic amps. I think they're some of the best amps that Fender has ever made. And we use those amps a lot to do demos because they don't really color the sound of the guitar. You mm. really hear, like, the guitar itself. You know, when you hear... Certain amps, like Vox amps and stuff, they can be pretty cool, but you're hearing a lot of the amp. 
those four ten Devilles are like the back line for so much stuff because it's just one of those amps that yeah. just it works. That's a great design. It's got you know the really nice clean sound with reverb, and then if you want to overdrive it, it's got you know an overdrive channel if if that's what you're looking for. So, yeah. but they if you had to have one amp. That's one of That's the a good old great tune. amps, and it's not expensive, and yeah. they're just really good. Is it is it harder? Um, I mean, with the internet and everything now, and is it harder to find those really good phones for really cheap and to get that yeah, deal? Because I mean, the information is out there. I mean, you know what? You know, we're a convenience for a lot of people who don't want people coming over to their house or they don't want to send a guitar across the country on a look-see. I mean, there's, you know, unscrupulous people that, you know, if you're going to send a guitar, you know, a 58 Strat to somebody and they have a Strat that's got some bad pickups, they could take the pickups out of your guitar and right. send you back the guitar yeah, with yeah. their bad pickups in it. And then, you know, who are you going to fight with? How are you going to prove that? And, you know, there's just a lot of reasons why it's going convenient to sell to somebody like myself you know and we pay strong for um you know for for guitars i mean we have to make money on them yeah because you're going to resell it yeah right. but but you know we have to pay enough to where we have the stock that we do i mean we walk yeah. in my store we're dripping with stuff and the reason is because i want to have it when the guys come in that are looking for something i want to have one in, in stock or right. have three of them that they can choose from you know that kind of thing I've been to your store once in the whole time. What? I've been in America. I know, crazy, right? I've been wow. here twenty years, and I think I've been there once. And it well, I'm leaving. There. If that's all you, no, I no, gotta, no. yeah, I gotta get over there. I've been meaning to get over there for so long, so I gotta do it. Yeah, it's but, not far from here. No, yeah, it's close, close, right? What's and we that? have a lot of fun over there. I mean, yeah. it's just like what we're doing right now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a hang, and you know, got the couch, and you got the guitars, and yeah, and we you have. I noticed you've you've had Phil X. And yeah. a bunch of times, my good friend Mark Van Gool works with Bon Jovi uh -huh. and works with Tex for Phil. Right. Yeah, so Phil's a great guitar Phil's player. Phil's great, yeah. I've hung with Phil. Fun, fun guy. Yeah. But um, and some of the videos I've seen out there, it's, it's really cool. And with Joe, of course, Joe Bonamassa. Um, yeah, I love it when we, you know, there's one video that kills me that we had done, and it's these girls called the Queeby Sisters. Queeby Sisters. Queeby yeah. Sisters. I Did you them. see that? I know them very well. I, oh, you know, I, my band Cowbops, um, kind of the same touring circuit they are. They are great. Amazing. Great. Amazing. Well, I've known them since they, I don't know how long ago since you've seen they them. They did a video in my store maybe two and a half years ago, oh, okay. and they knocked me out. Unbelievable. But, I mean, I heard them Their back, harmony. you know, eight years ago. And they're so tasteful. Yeah. They and, played three you know, fiddle players all, and singers. Right. And, and they're, they're all cute as hell. They've been doing it since, like, the youngest one was 12. Yeah, the blend. And, and Joey McKenzie, was Joey with them at that time? The, the, the rhythm guitar player? Yeah. Okay, he's, he's, he's no longer with them. That's They've kind of, they're doing something different now. They had an upright bass player. Right, player. and they had Joey, Joey, and, yeah, that's what an amazing group they are. And they're still an amazing group, but that I hope that they didn't, just, they don't vary it too much from what I saw. Well, what I saw knocked can, you know, me yeah. out completely. They're amazing. I mean, they it's like the in, Andrews sisters, except for uh, it's a little uh, higher Maguire pitch. sisters yeah. or yeah, whatever. Yeah, and, and but the blend the, the three is so fiddles. tight. And, uh, you know, they came in and they're, they're the real deal. They're from Texas. And they're like, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I heard one of them, you know, Joey, I guess, was playing guitar. Yeah. And one of them was like singing real quietly in the corner. And I kind of went, whoa, that's that's pretty cool. And I said, hey, maybe you guys would like to do a little video. And they, and they said, well, let's go out and get our fiddles. <laughs> <laughs> they went and brought them in. And they started 
playing, and I was like, you know, they're just floored. Oh, yeah, they're amazing. And there's this group that was on the cruise uh, called the Brothers Landreth. Mm-hmm. And this one guy, Joey, uh, you know, in fact, Josh Smith, he said, man, you got to hear this guy sing. This guy is like not, one of the Not related singers. to Sonny. Later. No, not no. at all, which yeah. was Crazy, odd, right? but, yeah. you know, they're from Canada. And they were one of the knockouts. I mean, this guy was like, had a tremendous range, but everything was so natural and relaxed. And, and their harmony was fantastic. Their arrangements were great. There were a bunch of good-looking young guys. I mean, it was... Sort of, they had the entire thing. Thank I mean, there's a lot of like great players on the cruise, and I won't mention names, but there's some guys that look like you know they could go into the WWF and be wrestlers. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. so I mean, they can really play, but I mean, will the young girls go crazy for them? I'm not so sure. Yeah, but well, these guys had the entire thing going. Package. You know, they could sing, they could play great. One guy was a really great slide player, but everything was super tasteful. Great players. The harmony was great, the tunes were great, the arrangements were great, and they were good-looking young guys. I could see if I was a manager of a band that this is a band that right. could go places. Yeah. Kind of cross almost between like the Eagles and the band, which are two yeah. of my favorite bands. I love the band. Yeah. I mean, me you too. Know, I mean yeah. that to me was one of the all-time greatest American bands. You know, uh, I, I knew Robbie very well, and... and I supplied all the instruments to the last waltz, and I was there when they were doing oh, a lot damn. of that. And I'm telling you that that band, I mean, they were real. They're, I mean, it was almost like Civil War funk. Yeah. I mean, it was like this stuff, everything was so tasteful, and, you know, I, I just I just thought that of all the American bands, they had to be in the top five yeah. of all time. Well, Levon. Levon was so Levon cool. made so, to me, that, that he was the, the he was the band the, to the me. singer and the, the, the grooves, drums the groove yeah uh, yeah really the grooves, super that grooves strange played way. That, that old snare drum yeah got that and big, the big bass sound. drum yeah. and, and but just the way his grooves and his fills it's just like it was Perfect. so and he also played amazing. good mandolin and yeah, you know, yeah. I sold him uh, this one electric mandolin that he used and I sold. Um, that double neck that was in the last waltz uh, was a guitar and a, and yeah. a mandolin combined. It was a yeah. very rare Gibson that they that they had, and they were always like one of my all time faves. Oh, and yeah. Everything. The first time I heard them, I went, "Who the hell is this?" Because it was so soulful and so yeah. real, and the yeah. lyrics were fantastic, and you know just everything. And I'm not even a lyric guy, but you couldn't deny how good they were. You know. So. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. I imagine you've probably worked with a lot of bands over the years that have come through, right? Especially traveling bands coming through. They're like, oh, I've got to go to Norm's Guitars, right? There was another group that Josh sent in, this guy, uh, John Namath. Have you heard him? Yeah. He was really good. It was like blues, blues R&B band. More R&B with harmony, and they were really tasteful. It was another one of those things where it was a total surprise. And Josh kind of knows what I like, and yeah. I like the older school R&B stuff, and with great vocals and all that. And and you know, he said, "These guys are you're going to dig these guys," and you know, just yeah. like he did with his the brothers Namath, yeah. uh, brothers Landreth. Yeah. yeah, they were really really good. So um, he kind of knows, you know, what what I really dig, and 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 Josh, when it comes to R and B, maybe the best R and B player in the world. I don't know. I mean, he's just so tasteful and plays the stuff right, and you know, he was with Raphael Sadiq, but right. he, but he plays he just that style. I mean, if you tell him Bobby Womack or Johnny Guitar Watson or any of that yeah. really cool, a little deeper. 
R&B stuff that's not, you know, the stuff that everybody knows, you know, I mean, you know, so um, he's, he's really into it. He knows all the little nuances. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> 